Welcome everyone, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Sarah Zek, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Michelle, Dung, Hui, and Dean. Today, our special guest is Sarah Carter, who is the mayor of Maribyrnong. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How, how should we all address you? Um, well, I don't mind Sarah, but um, formally it would be Councillor Sarah Carter. So, oh. yeah, but Sarah's fine. All right. So we have some, a few questions for you today. Yep. So a day in the life of a mayor, can you tell us what your normal day involves? Well, there's a, a whole range of um, responsibilities that the mayor has. So obviously you're responsible for the council, the elected councillors uh, and for the CEO. So there's a lot of operational meetings throughout the week with the CEO and the executive leadership team um, going through the week's um, motions and uh, policies that will be put forward for adoption. Every Tuesday night we have our statutory meetings and we discuss them in Monday evenings. Of course, there's lots of meetings with residents about issues that are raised and then amazing events and opportunities to engage uh, with the community such as this one this is particularly exciting this morning we had a welcoming the babies event for new mothers uh, in the area and yesterday I was in Canberra um, advocating to the federal government for uh, funding for a few key projects as well so it's very varied um, but always very interesting very interesting yeah um, I'm Dean. Um, what was your dream career in school? And was being a um, a mayor like ever an option? I guess. Never. Um, although if I look back at probably the student I was in secondary college, there were probably some telltale, uh, telltale signs there because I was uh, in inter-school debating, loved a good debate, um, third person, always the closer, also involved in a lot of social justice e e extracurricular activities as well. Um, so always campaigning about something on the uh, SRC at school. So there were probably some signs there early on that I was passionate about advocacy and advocating, um, but I actually didn't fall into local government and then politics until I was in my late 20s. So um, in high school, I, I wanted to be in the theatre <laughs> um, or um, at one stage uh, a psychologist. So um, no, I didn't have it all figured out. Oh, hey, my name's Hui. Um, I was wondering, uh, how did you become the mayor? Like, what's the process like, you know? So out of university, I studied um, sociology and communications. I started working for a local government uh, in Hume uh, City Council, so out in Broadmeadows. Uh, and I used to write the community magazine. And it was a very culturally diverse community like the one that we have here. And I really began to understand with some of the projects that were done by council locally, the, the valuable impact that you can have in a community and in the lives of people through local government and it inspired me and the then mayor said have you ever thought of running and I knew nothing about politics I knew nothing about campaigning locally I didn't even really know what a mayor was until I'd started working at the council if I'm honest um, but then decided that yes you know I'd put my hat in the ring but learning about preferences and parties and all of that was completely new to me um, and I threw my hat in the ring you know seven weeks out from the election 
and um, and won, which was a great surprise to a lot of people, I think. But we worked really hard on the campaign, and it obviously resonated because we're still here, 15 years later, four terms. So that's something to say. I was in my late 20s when I got elected, and I'm well into my 40s now. And never would I have imagined I'd be entering my 16th year now. Yeah. And what motivates you to like keep going? Um, achieving progress for individuals and community. Um, I really am proud of our progressive multicultural community and I think that's something that we need to work hard to preserve, to protect and to celebrate. Being able to help people um, and create change really motivates me. So when I'm not mayor, I'm also uh, in international development for, um, uh, for an NGO as well. So I travel a lot to refugee camps. I travel a lot to developing countries when I'm not mayor and so I think being an advocate and trying to make the world a little bit better I know it sounds a bit you know <laughs> but for me um, it's at the heart of everything that I do. Yeah. Hi Sarah so my name is Michelle and I was wondering do you still hang the portraits of the mayor in the town hall? <laughs> well sorry I don't know if anyone's noticed but our town hall is currently being flattened a lot of it and it's being reconstructed so we're currently down um, at Braybrook at the central hub um, and so we're there whilst that's getting built but they still hang it but they're not the painted ones because if we're being honest no ratepayer wants to spend their money on paintings of the mayor these days and um, I think that is indicative of um, what local government and mayors were in the past but to be honest um, I think that time is well and truly passed it's public service and should be but a photograph still does get hung but it's changed every year <laughs> okay uh, hi <clears throat> my name is Dong and how do you feel to having a great uh, uh, a weight of responsible uh, responsibility to run Mary Bernard? Um, it's at times it can be really hard. There are sometimes decisions that you make where there is a cl clear division of opinion in the community, yep. and they're the hardest times when you know that some people will be upset with the decision that you make. And it's already it's always balancing that. And to be honest, as you go on and time goes on in any leadership role, it gets a little bit easier to do that. Um, but you do have to trust your values and stick to your values and represent them. And then I think people get to know you as a consistent leader. But it, it is difficult at times. But for me, it also anchors my life. I like having responsibility. Um, public service is something of a calling, I would say, and for me that certainly rung true. Um, what were some of your biggest influences on the suburb? Um, I think one of the first things that I did, and it sounds like it's kind of, a, you know, like, but was the Festival City Initiative. And it sounds like, oh, it's just festivals and all of this, but that cohesion and that, you know, the, the multicultural um, strength of our community, I wanted to ensure that there were ways to fund local community groups that could celebrate their culture and share that more broadly so that we always have that cohesion and that understanding and come together as a community and over the years we've had big festivals come to the area but the ones that I'm proud of is you know ce celebrating Diwali um, with the South Asian community um, or whether it be um, Holly and West Footscray or the Kwang Mintet Festival and it's just it's so great and I think when we can come together particularly we saw with COVID and things like that it's very um, important that uh, community have an opportunity to get out and to celebrate and um, and to come together 
together. But um, there's been a multitude of things. Some of the really not very, you know, fun things like roads and things like that. We've got a, a major roads package this year that I've um, overseen as mayor. And um, it's not the most exciting stuff, that stuff, but it's really important. Infrastructure is a key part of local government. But I do love, um, and our gender equality strategy, um, I think I was the very first Victorian local councillor to be a gender equity ambassador um, and to introduce a gender lens into all of our policy making. And since then, we've gone on to adopt an LGBTQIA plus strategy, an inclusion strategy. So that social justice aspect um, is really important to me as well. That's wonderful. Uh, if you're just tuning in, welcome everyone, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Sarah Zek, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Michelle, Dung, Hui, and Din. Today, our special guest is Sarah Carter, who is the mayor of Maribyrnong. Um, what's, your, like, what's the hottest topic in the region at the moment? Uh, open space, I would say. So there's, we currently, we're obviously a very small, one of the smallest, most populated municipalities in Victoria. And there's a real, there's those growing pains because we're growing in population. So demand and access to open space is a big issue. Um, whether that be for passive open space, that's highly prized. But we've also, and it's a wonderful thing, but there's a great demand because of the uptake of women's participation in sport and also all-inclusive teams. We are seeing a lot more sporting codes with a lot more teams and they all need ovals, they all need change rooms um, and all these things need to be fit for purpose. So that seems to be anything associated with grow the growing pain. So demand for car parking, um, you know, access to services and making sure that they are inclusive services. That's been the biggest thing I would say has been um, at, at the forefront of our minds, at least in the last five years is looking at inclusivity. Um, yeah, and what would be like the greatest challenge throughout the years? Uh, I would say most recently we had um, McIver Reserve was a decision that we had that was hotly contested. Um, there was a really vocal community campaign um, against the provision of six basketball courts at McIver Reserve. Um, and that became quite heated and, and quite protracted and is still going on. Um, that was a difficult one and that went back to that contest for, for space and amenity. Um, and I'd say, so that's probably the one most recently that has been quite difficult. Um, but the others, I think if you, you know, you, you know what you stand for um, and if you're true to what you stand for, most of the decision making, even when they're difficult, um, you can reconcile um, quite quickly. Yep, so are you are you attempt to enter state politic or even federal pol um, politic? Well, I spend a lot of time in Canberra. I'm there uh, most sitting weeks in my other role. So I, I'm an advocate um, for Save the Children um, and funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in Canberra. And that's trying to get funding for 
uh, humanitarian um, crises and in developing countries. And it's given me a great deal of exposure to federal parliament. So I guess if there were ever an opportunity, federal is of interest to me because I like foreign affairs and international development. Um, but I'm very happy in the role that I am. Although, um, you know, getting older now, working two jobs for 15 years is getting a little bit tiring. I don't quite have the energy, you know, that I had in my 20s. But um, I think when you love what you do, you do find an extra reserve of energy. So very happy doing what I'm doing. But I do love being in Canberra, I have to say. <laughs> Uh, so, in context of environmental concerns, how is it? How is our city promoting sustainable practices and reducing its carbon footprint? Well, one of the biggest things, and it was something that I had a meeting with the CEO about this morning, um, one of our biggest users of gas is the Maribyrnong Aquatic Centre. Mm -hmm. And we're looking about how we can transition that to electricity because it uses a lot of gas and it's just not sustainable into the future or aligned with best practice um, policies if we're looking at environmental standards. So we're looking at what we can do at the moment because we've got that big splash park that's coming through with all the exciting, you know, um, that's supposed to be opening in January, fingers crossed, but the water park that we're building, but we need to transition those assets um, to clean energy. Uh, we also do have a climate um, policy, so we declared a climate emergency, I think that was back in well, it's 2019 or 2020. Um, so we're constantly, every three months, we get a review on how we're able to transition. We're looking at putting in more uh, um, EV charging stations because that's been something that residents have reached out to us about that have bought electric vehicles, but there's no public charging stations. And you'd think that's an easy thing to fix. Market providers, and don't get me started on you know infrastructure and things, there's always complexities, but it's something that we're looking at at all the touch points because as a local government authority we there's 60 70 direct services that we provide to the community um, and they're all areas that we can evaluate to look at how we can be more sustainable uh, what do you love most about our community the people I love that I'm a people person um, and I mean this is my idea of the best Friday afternoon honestly um, but I like getting out and hearing from people and um, then being able to represent and I love the community you know the the conversations that you have um, yeah people it's the best part and all the cultures that we've gotten it's just a fantastic place I mean I'm biased, and I'm sure a lot of you in this room are biased, but the West really is the best. It is. It is. <laughs> um, when you finish as a mayor, what would you want your legacy to be? I think, oh, that's a tough one, because um, it might be my last mayoral term. Um, so I think uh, being my legacy being representative and being accessible, um, it's quite often overlooked, but I think accessibility and being a good listener and then acting in the interests of your community. And if those who voted for me can say, yes, she actually, you know, she represented us well, if they're happy with the service that I've given them, I think that's the biggest thing for me, rather than just one policy outcome. Um, because it is, it's week in, week out, it's a big part of your life. Um, and I take it really seriously. So I think, yeah, just, um, hopefully have been um, a good choice for those that put their faith and trust in me. Nice, 
Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Sarah Carter. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to say to um, any young people, like any advice you'd like to give? Oh, well, okay. Um, I would say encourage you if you have an interest in people and community. I'm always an advocate for young people getting uh, politically engaged and thinking about a career, whether it be you know in local government or in politics. I think we need more young people um, engaged um, and just remembering too if you are turning you know 18 and there's a, a referendum coming up as well and I don't dictate that because that's federal government stuff but uh, just to, to get involved I think really the future is in your hands and you should be engaged and I think sitting back and being passive um, is something that then we can be upset about the way the world is going but really I would encourage you to be at the forefront of the change that you want to see and there's so many avenues to do that um, we have leadership programs that are supported through council as well if anyone's interested uh, in leadership programs that we do with western bulldogs or through council we've got youth advisory councils and then there's federal opportunities as well so for those of you that have uh, got some opinions and some thoughts and hopefully you've got lots of them um, share them and and never um, shy away from reaching out to your local councillors if you've got a view because your, your view, um, it matters. Some very wise words from Sarah. Live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia, you've all been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Sarah Zerk, joined by my co-hosts, Michelle, Dung, Hui and Dean. We all hope that you enjoyed listening to the podcast today and hope that you found all the information today very useful. Until next time, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>